welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with inspiring people about theirs. If you're new to the show, welcome. So the definition of midlife I'm using isn't what some might think. For example, a friend of mine recently said, It's not all about menopause, is it? No. Rather, it relates to Western astrology transits that run from the mid-30s to the mid-40s for everyone of all genders. These have an overall theme, though details vary by generation, and also by person. I'm right in the middle of the four main midlife transits, and learning lots along the way, especially from my guests on the show. Along with my passion for astrology, I'm also a musician, and you'll find a song that relates from me at the end of the interview. Today's guest is completely in keeping with the Aquarian new moon on which this show drops. Aquarius is about the future and the unusual, and what we talk about fits right into this theme. Add in a guest with an Aquarian moon and me with an Aquarian sun amongst other planets, and it's Perfect timing. Megan McDonald of Expansion Healing specializes in helping people slow down and listen to their bodies. I've mentioned the self-healing Dalian method on the show before, and Megan is the person who introduced it to me. It's a complete game changer for life, and I often wish I'd followed up on it sooner, but as before, everything in its perfect time. In our discussion today, we cover the two main modalities that Megan uses to help people, including the Dalian method and what it is. The other modality is an ancient Ayurvedic practice called Shivambu, renowned for its healing properties. One bonus going for Shivambu, it's free and unlimited in availability nearly 100% of the time. Listen on to find out more. And, spoiler alert, this happens to be one of the few episodes where menopause is actually mentioned. Briefly. Megan, thanks so much for joining me on Unraveling Midlife. Hey, I always love talking to you, and it's especially fun to talk to someone on the other side of the world. (laughs) Of course, because you're way over, um, almost kind of on the other side of the world and um, strictly speaking I think Spain is the furthest from New Zealand but PI uh, okay. isn't really that far from Spain no no we're just on the a little hop over the ocean yeah Prince Edward Island on that east coast of Canada right yeah, so yeah. I know that you do some amazing an amazing array of very interesting things so tell us a bit about yourself so uh I am I work holistically with people and the sort of things I do, I like to describe as the fast stuff. So uh, if you've been stuck, if you've tried a lot of self-help, if you've worked with a lot of other people, if there's something that you just can't shift and you've done all the things, that's, I'm the sort of person you come to work with. And I use a couple of different methods and we can get into those in a bit, but uh, it comes from a background in yoga and Reiki and Oracle cards and being very interested in my own health because I had a lot of body pain when I was 16, really. It started with low back pain and that got me going, trying for, you know, physiotherapy and massage, which were really normal in Western society. And then going into acupuncture and Reiki and osteopathy and craniosacral therapy. And it just went on like anything that I could find, I would try it. 
and I was always trying to get rid of the pain. Yoga and Pilates were helpful and I trained in yoga so I could keep helping myself. But it, it wasn't till later when I discovered some things that were permanent, that would work permanently on my body. The things I did before that included growing up in tourism. So I'm really comfortable talking in front of people. And I love talking about where I'm from because it's a very touristy place. And then I studied theater and I did a master's degree and a PhD. And I looked at the, how people perform belief. And so very much into the, from the holistic side, my interest has always been with what do people believe and what do they do with their bodies because of their beliefs? And that leads us into then what do people then not realize they're believing that's keeping them stuck? So that's sort of how I ended up there. Um, and then I spent a little bit of time in the middle there too, like working for the Canadian government, doing uh, high level events. So things like royal visits and state funerals and national parties and things like that. So it's a little bit of governmental theater on the side. And I lived away from where I'm from for 17 years in England, in Germany, in Ottawa. And then I ended up back here and on this little island in Eastern Canada, which is beautiful, but also um, so it's just such a small place compared with when you've lived in places like London or in Germany, which is so dense. So Very true. And just for listeners that haven't heard of Prince Edward Island, just think of Green Gables. Yeah. And beaches, just beaches and with nobody on them. And the water's warm enough to go swimming. We've yes, but we've got a lot of those in New Zealand, so that's not that bit's not going to impress any New Zealand <laughs> listeners or Australian for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now I see how it's all connected. You know, when you look back and you go, "Oh, okay, each step brought me further along." But as I was doing it, I had no plan, and I just kept walking through the doors that opened, and it built a set of knowledge and skills and interests that keep bringing me back to belief and how do I communicate it, work with it, talk about it, and now help people in their lives with it. And so that's your background. I mean, a lot of us, I know I started with, uh, I think I did Reiki before yoga and Oracle cards probably before that. Um, I think a lot of us started on our paths with those kind of things. Where are you now? What are you doing? So at the moment, I, there's two methods that I'm the most excited about. One is called the Dalian method, and it is a self-healing method. And that's part of what I want to teach people now too, is self-healing things. So that once I get you started, you're good to go. There might be like, you have to buy a Dalian kit, for example, but then you don't need me anymore. You can do your own work. And the Dalian method really helps people go into the unconscious to find the patterns that come out of repressed thoughts, beliefs, and emotions that are still stuck in the system. Our cellular memory holds everything. And so if someone comes to me and says, I've had this hip pain forever, or they come to me and say, I can't stop being triggered emotionally by this member of my family. Every time I talk to them, it just spirals. Or they say, I'm so stuck in my life. I know I want to do these things, but I can't make any forward progress. It's always the thing where they're like, I've done everything. I, I know this pattern really well and I can't shift it. And the Dalian method in its self-help way, even though I, I teach people how to do it and I facilitate them when they're starting, it starts to unlock and sort of bypass the mind. So people start to actually see the emotions coming up in their body. They feel these things that are coming up from the depths and they're able to articulate it. And in the articulation of it, and a specific breathing, they end up letting it go. So it transforms, the energy leaves. Everyone says when they leave, I feel lighter. 
And they're not, it, it is an actual lighter person because the things that have left them are gone. And I hear the most amazing things from people um, afterwards. So somebody who'd had depression since they were, they said 10 and they were almost 50 and they'd done the yoga and the meditation and the cannabis and other recreational drugs. And they'd tried camping and they were like music and all these different things over the years and, and using some medication for depression. Six months after the first session, they said, I really feel different. Something shifted and they came back for a second session. And after two sessions, they said they, they went through an entire winter and said they didn't get depressed. They had a few days where they were sad, but the depression didn't come in. That was the first time they hadn't had depression in the winter since they were a child. And that's a long winter compared with what we have. Where I yeah, live. we're talking six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it, yeah, it's very cold and, and dark. Um, and other people who've come in and they've, they've done one session and reported back that they behaved differently in their next business meeting. Like they just noticed they stepped up, they asked the question, they didn't hesitate. Whatever it was had been holding them back before it was gone. Um, it, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, the Dalian method will work with it. And it transforms it because the person does the work themselves. And so it's there, it always does the thing. The other method I'm working with, interestingly, is very similar in some ways, but it sounds really different. So bear with me here. It's urine therapy. Say it again. Say it again in case they didn't hear it properly. So it's urine therapy in English, but Shivambu in the Sanskrit. And Shivambu is the mother of Ayurveda. So Shiva, Lord Shiva, one of the main three gods in many of the Indian traditions and religions. And the word Ambu. And Ambu is actually the Ayurvedic word for the fluid, like the, the waters of the body. Or, uh, and the waters of the body are not just water in that sense or urine, but also it, it's sort of a word that can, there's Ambu and then there's also Rasa. And Rasa is tissues, but tissues include plasma and blood, for example. But so Shivambu in this case is Shiva and water waters of the body, but Shiva and water. And if you think of what that means, if you put those together, it's holy water, divine water, water of the gods. Now I've heard now, Shiva translated as consciousness, which is what I say when I'm running a kirtan. Mm -hmm. So consciousness water. Yeah, absolutely. This is the consciousness of existence as well. This is, this is your consciousness, the consciousness of creation because it created you, the con but it's that idea of, it's an elevated word. Like to put Shiva on something in Ayurvedic tradition is to elevate it. You don't throw that word around. It's not on every other part of the body. It's only used to describe urine. Wow. And so the immediate reaction in our cultures is disgust, but I'm just gonna throw this out there. Disgust is learned. It's not an automatic. No baby is disgusted by anything. They love their poop, they love their pee, they love dogs, mouths, they, they'll, they'll touch anything. So we teach them what to be disgusted by. And we were taught what to be disgusted by. So disgust can be unlearned. That's not that hard actually. And every single baby in the womb grew in an amniotic sac that as soon as there was a sac, the mother's urine starts going into it. 
the urine starts going in, which means the urine is essential to life. Nothing in the human system is by accident. Doctors go on and on about how perfect the human body is and how the brain is this amazing thing that they don't even understand how it works. And the liver, they don't understand how it works. And it's just this, there's only a few things we can replicate, you know, with machines like dialysis or a heart um, monitor, things like that. But if you lose your liver, you're done. We can't help you. It's too complex, right? If urine were at all dirty, toxic, or problematic to human bodies or evolution, we would not swim in it as babies in the womb. It just wouldn't be there. So first the mother, mother's urine goes into the womb. And then when the baby has a urethra, the baby's urine goes into the womb. So the really- The mother's urine goes into the womb. Yes. Huh. So we're in our own urine from somewhere around month two or three. So we're in there for six months, six to seven months. We're in our own urine and it's in our nose and our eyes and our mouth and our lungs. Like we're breathing it as if we're a fish as part of the amniotic fluid. There's other things in there too. But again, just back to this point of if it was dangerous or toxic in any way, it wouldn't be there because that's not how the body's designed. It is perfect in its design. So for any of your listeners who are like, this is really weird. Um, I'll throw out there. I've been doing this for nine years. My yoga teacher taught me in 2013 and she had been doing it for 30 years. Her skin was stunning. Her hair was beautiful. Her body was amazing for someone who was 52 years old. And she had been to a clinic in Vancouver and she uh, had gone, it was for menopausal women. And this is one of the stories that convinced me this would be worth trying. A lot of people she knew had said, go to this clinic you're the right age. So she went to the clinic and they ran the test. It was like $200. And at the end, they said, we'd like to run the test again. We think we got really weird results for you. She said, fine, go ahead, run it again. So they ran it again. And then they came back and they said, we got the same results. What are you not telling us? And she said, do you have an open mind? <laughs> the doctor's like, okay, fine. What do you got for me? So she said, I've been drinking my own urine for 30, 30 years. And the doctor understood immediately and said to her, oh, you've been doing hormone replacement therapy on yourself. Now your results make sense. Oh. So she wasn't deficient in the hormones she was supposed to be deficient in. She didn't have excess of, an emo of something that other people have an excess of. Her hormones were down the line normal for someone who wasn't menopausal. So she had everything, everything was lined up. And I think she also mentioned things like osteoporosis, like her bones were fine. Like all the things that you're supposed to report within the realm of menopause, she didn't have them. She'd never, she never had hot flashes, for example. Oh, so a bit of envy going on. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit of envy going on. So that was one of the reasons that I, I listened to what she was saying. But also when she, when she said, if you want to try it, she said, put a few drops on the back of one hand every time you pee for a couple of days. And if you need to rinse it off with water after, because it feels weird, fine, but just don't use soap because the urea in the urine is very, very moisturizing. So that's what you want to get. You want the moisturizing. I had very dry skin. So I put it on the back of one hand for three days, the back of my left hand. And after three days, I couldn't deny what I was seeing. The back of my left hand was supple and soft and the color was better and more even like everything about that hand was different than the right hand. So I started, when I went to the bathroom, I'd catch a couple drops and I'd rub them on my hands. And my, within a few days, my hands were beautiful and I didn't need any hand cream. 
And then I've always had dry skin on my face. And so purely vanity, I thought, well, what if I put on my face? And so then I would rub my hands and just rub my face. Did it work on like smile lines and stuff? Um, Just, you know, personally, personally, I'm interested. (laughs) So I do find that, uh, I mean, when I smile really deeply, I've still got fine lines. I mean, I'm still in my forties, but when my face is relaxed, you don't see the creases. You don't see anything there. So I, I don't know. I mean, in general, people are generally very surprised at how old I am, but it's hard to tell. That's a very subjective thing. Um, I do know that my hands look radically different than the other women my age. Generally, when they look at the backs of my hands, they often comment. So that's how I got started. It was purely just because my yoga teacher training teacher had been doing it for 30 years and she mentioned it and I tried it on my hands. And once I tried it on my hands, there was no going back. And then I just started using it more and more. It's like, once you break that open, your intuition takes over. And the thing that starts to happen too, is it's like you rewild yourself. So you may have heard of all these different wild habits, like the cold showers and doing specific Wim Hof breathing and uh, eating different plants from your own yard. So being able to eat thistle or eat uh, different flowers or use them for teas so that you, in a way that's becoming more like our ancestors, it's being more wild to what is going on on the earth. And urine is the ultimate wild habit. It's free. You produce it all day. It's yours. And it's designed for you by, by your body for you. We've been told it's waste. Tons of books on this. Uh, we can put a link in the description if your viewers or listeners want to look some look up some of the books because it would take the whole time for me just to describe all the reasons why it's not waste but we'll also put it this way i've been drinking it for nine years so you can use it on the outside of your body or you can drink it as well and do other things uh with it too uh, and there's fresh and then there's age that's a whole other topic but uh yeah actually cleaning out your sinuses it's one of the most amazing things and i've been working with people now really uh, intensively since last May. And I, every week somebody writes in and says, I used urine in my sinuses. It cleaned them right out. I thought I could smell before. Wow. Is this a game changer? And that is one of the big things that happens every week. Right. Yeah. I I knew um, a a group of people uh, using they call it amaroli and use it as yes. nisi to clean through the sinuses, but you had to have a specific kind of diet or it was just not great. So that's another thing that I always come back and say, it doesn't matter. doesn't make any difference. You can do anything with your urine at any stage in your health. And it is more pleasant when you have a clean diet, but you can't hurt yourself by using it if you don't have a clean diet. So Some of the most interesting cases are from a book called The Water of Life by John Armstrong that was written in the 1940s. Uh, He cured his own tuberculosis. And after that happened, people looked at him and went, what did you do? Because they realized he was close to death and he brought himself back. And so then people would send their friends to him when the doctors would say, you have cancer, we can't help you go home and die. And they would say, well, I have this friend named John Armstrong, maybe he could help you. And so he kept case notes over 30 years, it sounds like, from all these different people. And that book is quite amazing. You can get a free PDF online. It's not the greatest quality PDF, but it's free. If you want to buy the book, it's not expensive. But The Water of Life, he describes things where gangrene is cured and parts of the limbs or the fingers actually grow back. People who are 
they have stage four cancer. And within a month, he's turned them around and they live another 20 years. And when they well, go back to their doctor, the doctor says, well, it must not have been cancer then. We must have been wrong because urine wouldn't do that. Well, what's <laughs> exciting about this is that it's not a kind of a medication or solution no. that um, they, quote unquote, can suppress because we make it ourselves. Yes, exactly. And so this brings me back, like, this is why I'm so excited about it. I've been doing it for nine years until this past year. I was only really talking to my friends about it. But I ended up joining a, a community f- so that I could actually help launch my business. So I'd learn more about um, marketing for wellness professionals, marketing and sales, and, and how, just how to run your whole business. And I told them what I was doing, and this whole community jumped on board. And so uh, it's called Yoga Healer, and Kate Stillman, who is, it's her business. She absolutely, she has an Ayurvedic background, so she understood the the benefit of this right away even though she was doing it at the time and then her whole community of people uh, who know her trusted her and listened to what I was saying and they started experimenting so Kate actually has a bunch of video uh, video interviews now with um, with me and with other people on her YouTube page about urine and she's talking to all sorts of uh, experts about all aspects that feed into this your microbiome your orolome which is the bio the a microbiome in your mouth, your the microbiome on your skin, how, that urine is anti-inflammatory, that it's good for oxidative stress, especially the aged urine. It has it's so incredibly powerful that it can significantly reduce oxidative stress and inflammation in a person's body in a matter of weeks. And these are things that medical science is trying to do over time, and they only succeed occasionally. Whereas because they're using the same products on all different people and everybody, everybody's body is different. And then we come back to the fact that the urine that you are making for you is designed by your body for you to help you in that moment with whatever you need. And it works physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is a spiritual practice. It's like plant medicine in that sense for people who want to compare it, except for it's not even from a plant that's outside of you. It's from you. Every other thing that you have ever put in your mouth was created externally to you. Your urine is something that was created internally. So your body recognizes it immediately. It understands what to do with it. It doesn't have to reprocess it before it understands where it can go and how it can be useful. So the feedback loop is phenomenal. And people often say they start drinking it and they say that they feel smarter. It's like little lights go off. Consciousness, if we go back to the idea of Shiva and consciousness, they put more consciousness in their bodies and then they become more conscious. It's that easy. Given this podcast will be pushed out on the Aquarius new moon, which is for for us um, in Aotearoa, that's when our kind of school year and everything starts going again. Feeling smarter. I mean, that could be really good timing. So, how would you suggest if someone wanted to get started? What do they do? Because there's, surely there's a few tips and tricks or some kind of protocol. So the basics um, again are in a lot of different books, and again, well, I can we can have some links for that. But if you're just listening and you haven't looked at anything else, I generally say some people say they can drink it right away, no problem, and but they don't want to put it on their body. Other people say, I don't want to drink it, but I'll put it on my body. So find which side of that you're on. If you're willing to drink it or put it in your mouth, take a 
drop on your finger and just put it under your tongue, like you would with homeopathy and do that for three days in a row. And if that's okay, then put two drops. And if that's okay, then put a teaspoon and hold it under your tongue. Let it get into your bloodstream. Your urine is just to, cause I just said blood. It reminded me your, what actually happens is the blood goes through the kidneys. The kidneys filter the blood, the resulting liquid from the kidneys filtering the blood is the urine. That is, so another name for urine is blood plasma ultra filtrate. So your urine is a direct example of the state of your blood. If your blood is sticky and smelly and stinky, then your urine will be sticky and smelly and stinky. If your blood is really clear and clean, your urine will be. It's a direct reflection of you in each moment. So if you, it is sterile, urine is sterile, antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, antispasmodic. It, I, I mean, I can go on and on about all the things that it does, but those are just some to begin with. And your urine is not designed to hurt you, but I always say, start slow, start slow. A drop under the tongue, a couple drops in the back of one hand every day for a week or three days, or a couple drops on your foot or your leg, whatever part of your body you're comfortable trying it on. And as I said, just don't use soap right away because you want the urea. Every expensive face cream on the market has urea in it. Urea is the main component after water. It's urea in your urine. And urea is incredibly moisturizing. If you think about what a baby's skin is like when they come out of the womb, that's part of what's happening. Just for clarity, are you saying don't wash your hands with soap, wash them with urine or wash your hands with soap and then moisturize with your urine? If you're putting urine on your hands, don't wash with soap afterwards. Oh, afterwards. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can wash your hands for whatever reason you need to wash your hands, but just if you're going to try to figure out if it's going to help your skin, don't wash it after you put it on. So in that it sense, is sometimes, common sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in our, also because today, depending on what we're doing, we're being asked to wash our hands a lot more. You might find it easier to stick a little bit of urine on the, on your arm or on your leg, cause you're not going to wash it as much. So if you want to see if there's a difference to your skin or if your skin likes it, maybe pick a spot that you're not going to wash 18 times a day. If you're somebody who's washing their hands a lot, cause they're out in public and they're being asked to. Man, I just had some sunburn cause it's just, um, been the summer holidays. I wish I'd talked to you before my summer holiday. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the best things for it. I, that's how I really discovered it was working. I was in Israel and uh, with this teacher and uh, I thought, well, this will work. So I just soaked a piece like a face cloth or a piece of flannel. You could do paper towel. And I put it on one shoulder while I read a book and I put on the other shoulder that was sunburned while I read the book. Did that three days in a row, sunburn was gone. No itchy, itching, no pulling, no scaling, no heat. It just sucked the heat right out of the burn thought about because I knew that we had this session set up and yesterday I had a small encounter with a wasp it was mm -hmm. hanging out on my radish flowers that had gone to seed um and I didn't see it when I was leaning over to pick some parsley and uh and and I heard felt the sting and I was like what should I do and I'm like do I pee on it is that just jellyfish yes. I don't know yeah 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 exactly. I think I, I only touched it like it didn't actually sting me so it's okay okay that's but, good uh, yeah. that's good yeah but no anything really anything on the skin it's absolutely amazing so I consult now with people I've, I've run a I run a urine therapy course that's six weeks um I run um I got do consultations with people and I'll be running a year-long course where I bring everything together 
where it's ha the habits from Ayurveda and yoga about how to really thrive and be well in your body. And then bringing, which are also all self habits. Like they're, you just have to like learn them and then they're yours. And some people do some of them already, but these 10 habits are really, really strong. Um, and I do them all and I can absolutely attest to, they got me through 2020. And then on top of that, the urine therapy and the Dalian method. And so I bring all of this together into a year long course. And that's, that's what, what I do when I work with people. I think I'm, I'm going to have to do like another podcast episode on the Dalian method because yes. it, as you know, I've been doing facilitator training. I haven't talked about it a lot on, on the show, um, but I, I am planning on mentioning it a bit more Absolutely. And, uh, and talking more because um, I feel like it needs its own uh, this urine therapy is just I don't know anyone else that that does this kind of thing so I, f I find it fascinating yeah that's really exciting that you've you've got a course coming up that's going to be combining that like, absolutely what what time of the year do you start year-long courses because here we usually start them in like January or February usually February like how does your year work there right well this in this case this once I get it going I'm gonna do an intake like three times a year Oh, great. Cool. So, so I, and then people can just keep rolling through this particular one. I think I'm going to end up starting it in like April or May or June, something like that. But then cool. the next, but then there'll be like the next intake would probably be in the, in the, our fall, your spring. And then the next intake would probably be next January. So there would always be a, like a join us moment through it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I mean, the unraveling midlife is around midlife, like with the dates of your midlife when I dug into them and, and I know how much older than you than me you you are and so they all kind of worked out I found it interesting that your like specific midlife transits that we do cover in episode uh, eight um uh we're all quite they're all quite like here was one and then another and there wasn't much overlap which was quite cool so you're towards the end of these classic transits in fact in about three months time you'll be through you'll be through midlife congratulations um <laughs> and it's typically from everyone else I've talked to um it's typically a time where focus really changes and so for you, like I was in Prince Edward Island and, and we even collabed with yoga and music a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago. And you must have, you were just starting the Uranus opposition, which is the big shakeup that we also talk about, not just with Western astrological transits in episode eight, but also with human design in episode nine, just mm. in case listeners, you haven't listened to those, they're actually really awesome episodes. Um, so how was I mean, you're coming out of it, but I, I sent you the date so you could have a look. Did, did yeah. your life like completely kind of switch around during astrological midlife for you? So, yeah, it's interesting looking at them. Um, the, the first one, well, okay, I mean, the first one on there is back in like the Saturn return at 28. So like, we'll, we'll leave that aside for a moment. I was in the middle of doing a PhD and I continue to do a PhD. Um, but with the February to June, 2012, um, they said there's a wee taster that I got, like I got a few months before the Pluto. That was, that was your Pluto square. And it was quite yeah. early for you. Like it was quite, like, I didn't have mine until I was 37, but yours was quite 34. Was a bit early because yeah. planets, they have kind of erratical books, especially Pluto. Yeah. And so interestingly, between February and June of 2012, um, I've been working for the federal government and they decided to lay off. 18,000 public servants. And it's so that lot. was when I, yeah, it was a huge call. Now, most of them got rehired when the new, when the next government came around and they realized that they couldn't pay all these people to be consultants. But uh, 
I, I was working for the government at that time, but I knew I was going to leave anyway. So I was like, great, lay me off, give me a package. And part of that package was for education. And I ended up being able to use that money to pay for yoga teacher training. Nice. So when the next trans, next piece of that Pluto square comes around December 12 or December, uh, 2012, I would, I packed up my whole life to leave Ottawa and shipped almost everything out West because I decided I was going to yoga teacher training in Vancouver. And so in this, in January, February of 2013, I did my yoga teacher training with the woman who taught me, but you're in therapy. And I did my first session with Mata Dalian who then developed and published a book in a set on the Dalian method. And I had my first astrological chart reading by Mata's book editor. And so, you know, they say when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And my biggest teachers, urine therapy and Mata Dalian both came into my life in the same month. So Pluto square, but I mean, look at all those blessings that happen when things that can initially be quite a shock. Hey, but for me, in that sense, it's interesting, even with that, I mean, I got laid off, but I loved it. I love traveling. So I'm like, great, I'm going to go traveling. And I threw myself into going, I don't know what's going to happen next. And that whole year, 2013, I only had things planned out a few months ahead of me. I only knew what I was doing for the next couple of months. And the next thing would open. And then the next thing would open. And I spent a whole year traveling and learning. I did a postdoc. I did my, in British Columbia. And then I, I did uh, another level of teacher training in Israel, taught some university courses in Germany, and then made my way back to Canada <laughs> at the end of that year. So 2013 was this amazing year for me. And, and all the way, yeah. What's a postdoc? A it's... postdoctoral position. So when you finished your PhD. Wow. Yeah. So I did a, uh, what was it, three month, four month postdoc. So oh, research. Okay. I didn't realize that they would be, they were so short. They can be longer, but this was just at, a, at a, the University of Victoria in BC. So they had, a, they had a position that was that length and that worked for me. So I came in and did it and kept going. So that all happened in that same time. Now, after that, I ended up, I'm just looking like in terms of Pluto went till 2015. And all the way through that, um, I ended up back in Prince Edward Island and I did a lot of house sitting and like moving around and things were very ungrounded in many ways, but I, I had a steady job again. Um, and I was enjoying being here. It's the Neptune. Um, you put like loss and surrender. You can get quite foggy on a spiritual level, especially at the beginning of that transit. Interesting. So it's, when I, so in 2016, it would, it's not the first, well, actually it's not even when any of those were really active because in November of 2016, which isn't one of the dates that's encompassed in there, that's when my mother was diagnosed with cancer. Um, but probably other things happening in your chart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that whole period, like that lead up was definitely part of that energy. And from 2017 through 20. 18 actually all the way through to now in so many ways like my mother got cancer and she's had three rounds of treatments and she's now in recovery again but my my parents ended up selling their business the house I grew up in changing their identities completely and I was part of like helping them pack up and move and move into a new house and do all these things so it says like sort of in a spiritual fog I'd have to go back and look a little bit more but 
I was, I was working with Mata Dalian at that point, And I don't think I've ever felt like I've fully been in the spiritual fog since I worked with her. Ah, so the antidote to Neptune square is the Dalian method. Yes, absolutely. It, in that sense. I mean, I, I was working with her every year and getting great guidance about what I should be doing with my life. Yeah. I mean, I started with her probably towards the beginning of my Neptune square. Yeah. Um, but not really getting into it until probably midway through. So yeah, I can relate mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Um, and having a good astrological reading once a year to say, here's what you should be looking for. Here are some patterns that are coming up. So then it also doesn't feel like it's um, craziness coming at you. You sort of go, you know. It's quite incredible how the astro transits. Yeah, I definitely experienced that in the, I mean, through the mid- midlife transits, but other like more specific ones for me, like very much even starting to feel them more intensely of, oh, that was three months worth of, and I look back and see what happened in life. And I was like, oh my God, I felt like I didn't have a choice in this particular action. Um, and then when the transit kind of came out, it was like, oh no, that, that, that doesn't matter anymore. I it just, I went from being switched on about something to being completely and utterly switched off mm. or it, it became really difficult. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder if that was that change in transit. So mm. yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. So it's, I think there's, um, well, there's definitely like, just even when I was looking over them, there's, there's some date, just general areas where I'm like, well, I mean, I do see a lot of things that kind of, where things were going on um but you know the the big shape shake up interestingly with uranus and we're looking at march 2020 to april 2021 my mother's cancer came back in march 2020 oh Oh, and the whole world lockdown yes and the whole world lockdown but see interestingly because i think of march 2020 and the first thing that comes to my mind is is my mother of course i sort of went who cares about your pandemic I've got this other thing I'm worried about. (laughs) And that, that was a huge focus uh, for us until September easily, but still she's been recovering the whole time uh, from what, what she went through. And then it's so, I mean, I've come out of part of, part of that. Um, And midlife continues. You've got your next one coming up in the next couple of months and then you'll be through yeah um I do know that looking back at the Saturn return for when I was 28 interestingly I just moved into August 2006 I just moved into a new apartment with somebody and a friend came to visit and when that friend came to visit um her husband was also with her and he had this he had a he had a health crisis while he was staying with me and I couldn't handle I just moved into an apartment I was doing a bunch of stuff with my PhD and I went into full-on anxiety when I suddenly had somebody basically sleeping in my room because I was sleeping on the couch while they were visiting me and her husband had this health crisis. And I was like, you were supposed to be with me for three days. And now it's looking like weeks because he's not feeling good. And I can't, I can't do this. I can't live my life from my couch in the current situation. Right. And the friend was in her own world of panic, understandably. But when I tried to talk about it with her, it just didn't go well. And the outcome of that was her basically being very angry with me for a very long time. Um, And that period in terms of feeling 
like that was the worst I'd ever felt to that point about my own ability to handle a crisis and to talk to somebody. So I, and I think it did like for a couple of months, every morning I'd wake up and it'd be the first thing I'd think about. And it would be on my mind all day and I would feel wretched about that situation and how it, how it went down. And I could never figure out what I could have done differently. I've had experiences like that. I know what you mean. Mm. Yeah. But and when I look at that, I think somewhere around October, November, it started to fade, which is when those dates are there. Right. So in terms of that, like being switched on to something and then having it almost like a switch almost go off and then it just doesn't feel the same after that. Yeah. Cause some people, Saturn can go quite quickly. Like it's going to for you with the opposition in the next couple of months and it just kind of like zooms over, but for your Saturn return, it kind of went over and then it turned around and like retrograded back over. And <laughs> um, I can't remember if it was back over or it just kind of came into that, that area before yeah. it, it zoomed off again. Yeah. So, oh, the planets. Yeah, but in, I was interested too, just that when you said that thing about like, I, mine really don't overlap. And my whole chart is my, the astrologer that I go to always says my chart is like a straight shot. He said, you can always see what's coming with you. And that happens a lot where things line up really cleanly. There's not, there's not a fuzziness or a ton of different signs all or planets all together at the same time making a mess of things yours is quite spread out I think a little like mine I think we've looked at our charts together and gone oh there's some similarities here yeah mostly our so, ascendant's the same <laughs> yeah but did, so when you said that I thought oh there's another there's another example of how I have sort of a straight shot through things don't muddy the waters too much between I was like you're gonna do this one no when that's over you then you'll do this one <laughs> We're going to be very clear about this. My astrologer, she said to me, well, you, and I think it's a generational thing. So you and I and anyone else around um, midlife would be somewhat similar. Um, and in, in terms of having the outer planets, and we'll include Pluto with this, um, mm -hmm. Uranus, Neptune and, and Pluto all in separate signs. So mm -hmm. when these is, there's a challenging angle from another planet to one of those um it will the next one will be harmonious the next planet will have a harmonious aspect and then then that third one will also have a challenging and then and then when it's trying yeah it just it depends on a lot of things but it's also true for people who are who are younger and older because i think all of us have um un unconscious planets within a i don't know 15 year kind mm. of plus or minus uh, let's say 1980 for ease of ease of use everyone has a subconscious planet in one sign and then another one in the next sign so it means that we kind of take turns having challenges in one facet of life um, while something else is has a harmonious influence that we can use if we learn how and that's what I'm in the midst of of learning is um, how can I use those influences um, because they are influences and we can well, I guess that's a debatable point. Like I can think that I can use the influences or I can feel that I can use the influences, but who knows? It might like the whole of life might, might be premeditated. And um, as a, a nice camping topic of conversation last week was it's all a computer simulation was, was my friend's uh, view yeah. on it. So, I mean, gosh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll find out one day. Yeah. Oh. So coming up for you, apart from your sudden opposition, um, you've got, when's your next six-week course? Have you scheduled one coming up? 
I'm looking at, uh, it'll be in February, like end of February. Oh, great. Um, so that's, that's perfect timing for when this will pop out into the ether. Oh, great. Good. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. And six, it's six weeks and it's, we meet once a week. So it's, it's only one, one call a week. Cool. So that's, that's your urine therapy course. And then in April, May or June, like watch this space, um, you'll be launching your year long course that uses um, UT, urine therapy and Dalian method. Yes. Uh, and other tools likely, because I know you, you're really into your Oracle cards. I bet they make an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And teaching people these, these 10 Ayurvedic and yogic habits, but they're, they're really designed for, for today's people like for the modern lifestyle so that everyone, you don't have to go and study in an ashram to learn these. You can learn them and integrate them. And it's just wisdom. It's human wisdom from a long time. And they make such a difference to being able to have energy, digest your food, um, have good relationships, be conscious of what you want in your life, move yourself forward, have energy, be in integrity, all of those things, sleep well. It's oh, that's just, so exciting. It sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'm really looking oh, forward to it. How do people find you? So my website is expansionhealing.ca, expansion ex, and my on Instagram I'm expansion healing, and on Facebook I'm expansion healing, and my email is Megan, M-E-G-A-N at expansionhealing.ca. Great, and we'll make sure uh, we've got those in the show notes too. And if you come to Prince Edward Island, you just have to ask around because everyone knows everyone here and they'll find you real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Small places, small places yeah. are nice. Like, nice. Uh, well, there's, you know, mixed bag of having yeah. everyone know you. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for your contribution to Unraveling Midlife. What a fascinating couple of topics. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess listeners stay tuned for more on Dalian Method, which is incredible. But it's been really fascinating for me, who already knows a bit about the Dalian Method, to um, to learn more about the the urine therapy. And uh, yeah, I look forward to checking out your website and uh, and and maybe some of those books. Maybe Thank maybe you. I'll even try myself. Hey, <laughs> listeners, let, me, let know. me know how you go. Yeah, absolutely. And um, reach out if you have any questions. And Sarah, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for letting me chat with you and your listeners for a while. Today's track is a little ditty that has been appearing as part of the Dalian method work I've been doing over the last month. This method really has been life-changing for me and the joy that has been bubbling up inside recently just kept bubbling over and just needed to be released to share in a song that I would wake up with it over and over in my head, which is such a lovely way to wake up when you hear the words. This is a first iteration and I dare say there may be a different version that appears in the coming months. So here's a gospel-like version of I Feel Joy Within My Soul, recommended for singing along. I feel joy 
I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. I feel joy, I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. I feel joy, I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. I feel joy, I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. It's joy, I feel it bubbling up from deep inside. It's joy. I feel it, on its wings I glide. I feel love, I feel love, I feel love within my soul. I feel love, I feel love, I feel love within my soul. I feel love, I feel love. I feel love within my soul. I feel love. I feel love. I feel love within my soul. It's love. I feel it encompassing from my heart. It's love. I feel it inside is where it starts. I feel joy, I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. I feel joy, I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. I feel love, I feel love, I feel love within my soul. I feel love, I feel love. I feel love within my soul. I feel strength. I feel hope. I feel peace within my soul. I feel strength. I feel hope. I feel peace within my soul. I feel joy. I feel joy. I feel joy within my soul. I feel joy. I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. I feel joy, I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. I feel joy, I feel joy, I feel joy within my soul. Unraveling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www.sarahmarlowspence.com Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraspati Marie Willis and art by Samantha Hepburn. <laughs>